Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 36. Glad you could join us. In today's conversation, the cast is joined by Therese Prudlow, who coined the term Embrace the Fifth Day. She put into words what many of us at Colby have been appreciating and practicing, namely taking some time each week or each day to truly recharge and recreate ourselves. As you'll hear in this episode, this isn't as easy as it seems. We moderns seem to be geared against true leisure, even made to feel guilty by it. Colby is structurally geared towards making leisure a weekly reality, and we hope you'll be encouraged to embrace it too. Enjoy. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom, liturgical musician, podcast fanatic, heavy library user, and Colby parent ambassador. I have two lads and two lasses. The youngest is in fifth grade, the eldest is in 10th, and this is our fourth year homeschooling with Colby. And I'm Hope, Bonnie's younger sister and a Colby alumna in a phase of life after being a student, but before becoming a parent. I studied communication theory and philosophy in college, then I went to law school. Now I'm an attorney, an avid home cook, and the fun aunt to Bonnie's kids. And I'm Jordan. After slipping through a thousand cracks, I completed a PhD in history and literature of ancient Christianity at Göttingen University in Germany. Now I teach Greek and Latin at Colby and serve as the Director of Public and Alumni Relations. Hello, Therese. Welcome back to the Colby cast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be back here with you all. We are big fans of having Prudlow's on the podcast. We really enjoyed your podcasts here, and I'm very excited to be back and and talking about this topic. I know, Bonnie, you and I have been, uh, we've been sort of discussing this for a while now, this idea of the fifth day, and I was really excited you invited me to talk about it. Well, when you mentioned it to me, we were, it came up in the context of discussing dealing with February, the February stare down, how we deal with that. And you had this wonderful phrase, embrace the fifth day. And I thought, oh, that's it. That's so great. (laughs) And so I, I asked you to elaborate a little further and we incorporated some of those ideas into that episode, the February stare down. Of course, you are a guest for episode 15, Asparagus Moments earlier in our season. That was a great conversation about history. We really enjoyed that. So then in the course of conversation about February and the doldrums of winter or the hard seasons where whenever they occur, irrespective of the calendar, you had this this phrase embrace the fifth day that really has caught on. And so we've all been looking forward to hearing more about that. So to that end, I think most people who are familiar with Colby course plans at this point, at least the elementary and middle school course plans, are aware that they're written for four days of work rather than five. And the enrolled Colby families have access to a welcome packet that includes a program support guide. And it describes in that support guide that the fifth day is set aside for field trips, science experiments, testing, catch-up work, etc. Colby doesn't dictate specifically how to use this day, just throws out some ideas, but leaves it open for us to find ways to make it work for us. Yeah, embracing the fifth day. I mean, and I, I can't remember if I mentioned this in our last cast. I'm, uh, I was also homeschooled, yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I, I'm one of five children. Uh, I'm the middle child. And so my two older sisters were a good bit older than I am, very similar to how you you know you all are. And uh, they um, they had gone to sort of traditional you know Catholic schools, brick and mortar schools, as we call them. 
And they decided when I was uh, just about finishing my second grade that they were going to homeschool me and my younger two siblings. And so did you use a set curriculum or anything for yours? My parents started with a set curriculum. So we used something that was called Our Lady of the Rosary, which I think is still around. It's very tiny, very, very tiny, very similar uh, sort of layout to more of a classical layout. Uh, and then over time, they sort of adjusted that and and they would add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. <laughs> it was a lot of trial and error back in those days. Yeah, it sure was. I mean, that, that's a lot like my experience. I was in the public school till first grade and then that's the year they took us out. And um, then they always gave us the choice. And uh, my brother, I guess around eighth grade, actually, he went back to public school and stayed there. And I, I I never went back. I had the option to play sports. If if I wouldn't have had that option to stay homeschooled and play sports, I probably would have gone back. But I, I love it. You know, I'm a huge advocate. And I love hearing about it from other people that were sort of in those pioneering years. You know, it was a lot. It was so different than than it is now. And Yeah, it, I like it, it, how you say that. It was definitely pioneering days. The resources we have today are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> So much better. And we're just now getting to the point where those of us who were homeschooled are now adults and raising our own children and making those choices. So I think, you know, this idea of embracing the fifth day was something, um, I mean, I didn't think about it in in that context at the time, but, you know, it, it became a necessary part of how we lived as a family and as a family that is homeschooling. Um, and I think so. I think it's an important thing to sort of to talk about it. See what what does that really mean? How how can we really use that, and look at it in in a different context than we would if we were going to a traditional brick and mortar school? You mentioned that uh, this is something that it, it shows up in the course plans, right? So the parents are very aware of it at Colby when they get their course plans. But we also see it even in the online school, right? I mean, we don't have any classes that show up on Fridays. Again, the same idea of having that fifth day in there, which I think is really important. So I'm excited for our conversation today. Very true, it shows up all over the place. It's not necessarily unique to Colby either. There are a lot of school districts here in our area recently who have gone to four day school weeks for various reasons, largely budgetary, but other reasons I think as well. And they're seeing the benefits of that that might be surprising to some people. And for those of us who have come from the brick and mortar schools, this idea can take some getting used to, I think. When we get to that fifth day and we're like, oh, there's not an assignment. What are we what are we doing? Are we not doing it enough? That kind of thing can creep in again. Like, shouldn't we be doing something? <laughs> that kind of thing. Hang on, let me give Henry a second. I heard that uh that bark in the background. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's a cameo. <laughs> That's right. One time one time um, he barked on cue. That was really cool. I was just going to add, Bonnie, you mentioned with the elementary and middle school course plans having daily course plans with four days. The high school course plans have the weekly um, assignments where students and parents have flexibility in how they divide up that week, which is a learning experience in and of itself of looking at one big assignment and figuring out how to break it down. But that is another opportunity to figure out um, figure out how to embrace the fifth day in things like the large reading assignments and thinking more of homeschool uh, courses rather than the online courses here. But like when 
I was doing the history and literature course plans in high school, figuring out, oh, okay, I'm going to have two main reading days and two main uh, study guide question answering days, fitting papers in throughout um, that kind of dividing up the work by four days and, and protecting and embracing that fifth day for high school as well. I like how you put that protecting that fifth day, because I think that's the key here. I mean, I, I think, you know, protecting that fifth day is, is the key to um, just the, you know, to making this work in a, is in a family life in general. And I, I think, you, like you said, Bonnie, you know, so many schools, uh, even brick and mortar schools are starting for different reasons to have those days off, but having that time, that sort of quiet, that downtime. So I, I had a question for you coming from, you had to coming from the brick and mortar school uh, to uh, this sort of homeschool and it, you've had kids from elementary all the way up through. So you've seen both types of course plans as well. How how was that for you? I mean, you said it was a bit of a challenge at first uh, and and such. What did, you, what did you think when you first saw that? Like what, how, what was your... What was your first um, impression on how you you thought about that that fifth day? Hmm. I think at first I did have that sense of what are we supposed to do today? We should be doing something. Just trying to make that mind shift from we have to be doing something all the time. That they would have been at school today. They would have been doing something. But when I think back, when they were going to a brick and mortar school, their Fridays looked different from the rest of their weekdays. In most of the time, except for holidays, either legal holidays or holy days when there would be mass on those days instead of the typical Friday school mass day. So that would kind of alter their day on Friday. So it was already even kind of set up that way for them at that time. So when we started homeschooling and I was making sense of the of the four day week, I, I think I tried, especially at the beginning, to fill that time on that day with some sort of social activity, going out somewhere, going on a field trip, going to visit the family, going to mass, something like that, that would somehow um, fill the time. I, I think I was coming at it from that direction, like how do, I'm supposed to be doing something today. So those were the ways I, I came at it. And then I grew to appreciate that it was an opportunity to catch up a little bit and or even just not hit the ground running and have that elevated sense of stress, like we have so much to do today that I, I came to appreciate it pretty quickly that it wasn't going to be like that on this day. And I would have, we would all have a chance to to change it up a little bit that day. That's great. Of, of all of us, you're the only one who's gone all the way through sort of traditional brick and mortar schools. So I think it's a, a different. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. I mean, I, I hope you don't mind. I've sort of, um, I've sort of stolen it. I haven't stolen. I give you credit for everyone I, I tell, but the way that, that, that um you 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 said it as embracing the fifth day and and that that is something that uh you know helps define sort of Colby's flexibility in the the fifth day doesn't always it doesn't necessarily always mean that it's Friday but it's that fifth day of the week that that we have in there to do to do other other stuff and so the embracing it embracing it so what what do you mean what what did you mean by that embracing is it making the most of it or or is is there is there some practical things you could tell us well i mean that's a great question so embracing the fifth day for me it's a it's a combination of of all those things it's it's a combination of allowing yourself to have that extra day in the week 
Uh, right. So, I mean, we know, you know, Colby is it's it's a rigorous uh, curriculum. Right. I mean, there's so many different things you're doing uh, with the different subjects. But, you know, it's also a classical school. It's a classical liberal arts school. And and it and I think it lends itself well to embracing a day of the week that is gives you a certain amount of leisure in the week. You know, I mean, uh, and I'm and I mean leisure in the active sense that that time to sit to contemplate and and to not be afraid of embracing of of holding on to that day embracing that day. Yes, it should be a it it can be a practical day where you're sitting down and catching up on homework and and catching up on this and that. But um, to to really let that be that extra day in the week that you don't have the regular assignments that you're doing that to let yourself have those moments of saying oh today we're going to go to the library or we're going to go to the park or or we're even just going to sit down and read our books go to mass take that time for spiritual uh you know uh the spiritual leisure of of reading and contemplating and to embrace it i think it's easy for families that i've noticed when they're homeschooling is they they feel like they're compelled to use every moment of the week, almost as if they have to justify why they're homeschooling. I think maybe you saw that when you were growing up, like my parents were always like, they felt like they constantly had to justify every moment we had during the day. Um, but it, it's okay to embrace a, a, a day of the week or even a moment in a day. It could even be, I mean, when I say embrace the fifth day, it could even be saying that you're going to take half days, you know, and, and mix them up. But to say, you know, that it's okay to have this day that um, you're devoting to uh, to your family and to yourself, because, I mean, that's one of the great things about liberal arts education, right, is that we're embracing the whole person, <laughs> And the whole person can't just sit there and, um, you know, do, you know, study guide questions and math problems and uh, for every moment, you know, it doesn't all have to be quantified in that way. And I, and I think embracing that fifth day, fifth day sort of releases us from that idea that we have to sort of quantify and count every moment, every hour of the day. I love what you're describing there with the feeling of needing to justify our time or fill our time. I live that too. And I think if you'll uh, bear with me on what will sound like a tangent, but I promise it's not. Um, I was a really big fan of the computer game, The Sims 2, when I was playing, when I was in high school. And it's kind of, it's called a sandbox game where there's no specific goal to reach at the end of the game. You just, it's, it's a computer version of paper dolls, basically. But for school or for work, the school bus or the carpool would show up in the morning, the Sims would get in the car, and then they just disappear. And you would know that they're going to be gone from seven or eight or nine until four or five or six or whatever. And then they come back and then they resume life. And it was just they were at school or at work. And then the Sims 3 came out, which was vastly inferior to The Sims 2 in many ways that we don't need to get into right now. But one of the cool things that they added was that you could go with your Sims, um, at least to work. I don't remember if you could go with the kids to school, but you could you could follow The Sims to work and you could actually give them tasks to do. If they worked at a restaurant, you could tell them, go clean up that table, go place the order for things like that. And it was a completely different experience because you saw how much time people were the Sims were at work waiting for a direction to do something. And they weren't just 
at work any longer. They were still present, but there was a lot of time that wasn't productive. Um, and that was just part of it. And so I think that that illustrated kind of this tendency to think, oh yeah, we need, we need to have that time from here to there where we're in school mode or work mode. And that is going from the outside into, okay, how do we fill this rather than, okay, this is what we're trying to accomplish and it will take the amount of time that it needs to take. Bonnie's like, oh no, she's talking about the Sims now. <laughs> I'll like, see you later. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> No, I like that. I yes, I see what you're you're what you're talking about. That sort of that it's okay to have those those other moments. There, there and there are other moments. You know, not every thing, like I said, has to be this constant, constantly quantifiable counting numbers, right? I mean, um, that having the embracing embracing the fact that there are other moments to be had in how we work and how we study and how we pray. And, and, um, yeah, we've been lucky and I, I know Jordan, you have as well to, you know, living overseas and they, they have that, that great, um, tradition in so many places of the siesta, right. In the afternoon. And, and it's all about, you know, taking that moment and, and, and taking that moment. So, uh, for example, in Italy, you know, they, they work very hard between eight and two, and then they take a long lunch and they rest. And it's not necessarily they're taking a nap, but they're having leisure. They're having that leisure time, uh, the quiet time. And then they'll go back and work for a few hours and before they have their very late evening meal. Uh, and in a way, they, they argue that that makes them more productive into those times when they're working because they're working toward that time of quiet and leisure. And, and I think for us, especially um, probably in America, it's, you know, we're, we're so much conditioned to, to say, okay, school happens at eight o'clock in the morning. It ends at three work happens at nine o'clock in the morning. It ends at five, but it's, it's not just those times, like you were saying hope where it's, you're just, have to have action all the time. Sometimes there's there's moments of quiet, and those little moments of quiet, or those little moments of of contempl- it could be of contemplation, or or even taking the time to yourself, really can be helpful and actually can make you more productive later on when oh, you need to be. I oh man, I I love I love what you're saying, and this yeah this justifying the time it's. What I think what I like so much about this idea of embracing the fifth day is it's like you're you're a schedule buster in a way because we we do forget I, I when living in Germany I remember when um my mother-in-law came to visit and I had been there long enough that it kind of had worn off but she was like how are there people out enjoying the afternoon right now there's people out and it was a weekday and there's people eating ice cream together there's people having drinks and three in the afternoon and it just seems so slow and there were so many people out she was like all these people look like they would have jobs and they're at restaurants and things but they're they're not working right now what's going on they didn't look like they had a care in the world and for me um, to experience that got me interested in other things such as um, so there was a time when I started a different sleep cycle, especially since I, I was working for Colby. So I got really interested in like polyphasic sleep cycles. And um, 
that, you know, I, I could never keep it for long enough. Somebody would always like kind of break it up, but it was, I was excited about the idea of why, why am I supposed to sleep this six to eight hour block only when that wasn't what happened in history. And as you're saying, it's not what happens today in Italy and in Spain. You know, I know, I know my, one of my Spanish friends, he's, he sleeps like four or five hours in the night and then he takes an actual siesta right after he eats lunch for like an hour, but then he's good to go. And so he sleeps twice a day. And I, I just love this idea of breaking out of this, this sort of um, like factory idea of nine to five work and kids also having to do it mistaking process for substance a lot of times and then the idea of you're saying you become more productive in a way and i i totally agree with that i totally agree with that it's the recreation 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 so it's it's that whole idea it's i think that's why i'm so excited about this i, I love it i love it well, we were talking before uh, we started the recording here about how music is a combination of tones and silence because sound with no break and no rest is just noise. And so this idea of music being a combination of sound and when there is no sound rather than just filling the airwaves. Yes, it's yeah. like it's like they say that dance is connected to music, is connected to meter and poetry, and it's all rhythm. So it's almost like a rhythm of life is the idea of what we're talking about. And and it's a necessary part of life. I mean, life life needs those rests, right? I mean, it it takes us back to um, you know, during the Middle Ages. I've been which have been teaching this past uh, this year um, during the rise of scholasticism and the mendicant orders and. And I was reading, you know, St. Dominic, that was a huge thing for him, you know, to having, it's not just about going out and doing the actions, but you have to have the time to sit back, to contemplate, you study, but also you have to, you have to actually think about what you're studying. You have to, you have to have those moments of just being able to sit down and have conversations with people. Um, there's the story about, you know, St. Dominic, when he first started out, or he was in a tavern and talking to the innkeeper who was an Albigensian, and he convinced him through just having a conversation. And so you can just imagine this, you know, this young priest coming in and he's just having a meal. And during that course of, of, of that and it was the leisure that he wasn't just go, go, go. We have to get to the next place. But he had stopped and that allowed him, you know, to to further contemplate what he wanted to do. And then, of course, you know, which ends up being founding the Dominican Order, which is really cool. But, uh, you know, but it that it was the leisure that led him, you know, was part of that decision that helped along with that. You know, it's the, the, what is it? The otium, the negotium, the you have to have you have to have the leisure before you can have the work. My Lenten reading this year is Cardinal Sarah's book, The Power of Silence Against the Dictatorship of Noise. It was very funny because I took it to adoration yesterday, figuring that it would be nice and quiet and I could have my silence and my adoration and my reading. And then there was like a jackhammer and a car alarm and things like that. But so the book is set up as a conversation between a journalist and, and Cardinal Sarah. And this journalist says, we often define silence as an absence of something, the absence of sound, the lack of other things that we're doing. And 
Cardinal Sarah says, while we see it that way, I want you to see it differently. I want, I see silence as presence. And so he talks about the greatest mysteries of the world are born and unfold in silence. How does nature develop in the greatest silence? The tree grows in silence. Your blood circulates through your veins in silence. And so silence is actually, silence is not an absence of something. It is actually the deepest presence of everything. And this is my Lenten challenge for myself this year is understanding how to see silence as presence. And I think that fits in with what you're saying, Therese, about the the time that's necessary just to process and internalize the things that we're reading, the things that we're learning, doing, interacting, um, all of that. So, Oh, yeah. No, I, I think that's really great. It's actually sitting out in my living room right now to add that to my book list. Hopefully I can get to it uh, soon. And I just, I just want to sort of build on that, too, to, to sort of take this back. All right. So so what what does this mean for our families, right? Our homeschool families, our our, our online families. Um, I mean, we know <laughs> that, you know, uh, it's interesting you talked about active, the active silence. I think that's really good because um, when you have a large family of kids and they're all homeschooling, it is not very silent on that fifth day. <laughs> it's noisy. It's messy. There's things that need to be done. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but and I think so for our families, it's, you know, I will I want them to sort of look at this idea of bracing that first day that that that's OK too. have those those days where it's like you're just going everyone's going to, uh, you know, we talked I mean, contemplation is, is so important and quiet contemplation, but also it's also being present within the family itself, being there um, with each other and um, having that day that is just a little bit separate. Um, so yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's always great to use that, that fifth day of the week, you know, you can catch up on things, but I think for, especially this time of the year, you know, we get to this, the second semester of the year, oftentimes, um, you know, there's so many of our students and our families, they, they get that spring fever. They want to go outside. It's finally getting nice out after, um, you know, all the cold and the snow and it's hard for them to uh, say, oh no, we, we need to stay inside and we, we need to catch up on what's left. Well, sometimes you just need, sometimes it's, it's okay to embrace the day that it's just going to be a day of just being with each other, uh, sort of actively silent or actively being with each other to do other tasks. And, and Monday will still be there. We, you know, if you take the moment to take a break and take a little bit of time for yourself and your, and each other, you know, it's going, it's going to help you in the next week. You'll be recharged. You'll be revitalized to order to attend those tasks when they come up. You mentioned being with each other. And I've mentioned it was just our mom and me when I was homeschooling, but we often embraced our fifth day actually on Tuesday afternoons because I had choir in the city where Bonnie lived and Bonnie's first child was born when I was 12. And then her second came along when I was 14. And so we would combine those afternoons. I would have my extracurricular with, with choir, but then just having the time to go play with the babies and, and let Bonnie have a little bit of a break. It was fun because I was right in that age where I'm like, I'm one of the grownups, but I'm also one of the kids. And that helped a lot because I hadn't been around babies and toddlers very much since I'm the younger child. I was in high school at that point. And so that when I mentioned earlier, dividing up the weekly assignments to figure out how to get it done 
throughout the week, that was part of it was thinking, okay, I want to make sure that I can just go and play with the kids on Tuesday afternoons. I don't want to have to take school with me. And so how can I embrace this four day schedule so that I can just go be the fun aunt? Yep. It was a win-win. She came to play. We got to see her. There's some reading room there. It was, it was great. That is a great example of of the fifth day not having to happen on Friday. It's not necessarily Friday. No. I would say just don't do Mondays. Mondays yeah. are really tough. <laughs> they, they are. I think we see it. We definitely experience that here when there are legal holidays on Mondays that we might have a Monday off, Labor Day, President's Day, whatever. The rest of the week, if we get our week off the ground on Tuesday, it's a long haul. It's like a there's something about it. it the time expands and it feels it's just much more difficult to get her done somehow, which is one of the reasons I think that makes it difficult for us to participate in a, in a co-op that otherwise would have a lot of good things going for it, that it, it meets on Mondays. And, and that was one of the things for me, like, nope, I cannot get my day or my week off the ground on Tuesday after going to co-op on Monday. Just knowing us, how we have gone so far, that will not work here. So unfortunately, that's one of those things. But recognizing that that we can take a day somewhere in the week, preferably not Monday. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Tuesday evenings, Tuesday afternoons and evenings worked out well because we would pretty strictly protect Monday as that triage day to divide up all the work, get started on the work, know what the rest of the week looks like, spend that day focused and spend Tuesday morning focused and then have that break and that respite before uh, finishing the week. There was one semester that it was on Thursdays rather than on Tuesdays. And I actually preferred Tuesdays because the Thursday afternoon break made it very hard to get anything done on Friday. <laughs> so Jordan, I have to ask, since I put Bonnie on the spot earlier, how does your family uh, do the fifth day? Um, I would say we we uh, we don't really do it anymore. I mean, it's it's the schedule. My schedule is is, is really full. Um but it's something we talk about a lot. And and we, we think back to a time in Germany. I mean, it's going back to Germany again. I, I, we talk often about our favorite our favorite time probably was when our first two girls were were pretty little still. And we 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 were we were not nearly as busy as we are now with with kids and things. And so our routine was was felt more active than rather than passive. So we didn't have to be at certain places, but we had an overall big responsibility, with namely writing my wife writing her master's thesis and me writing my my dissertation. So we were able to create our own schedule out of that. And I remember um, loving that time because uh, we would work. I would work very early in the morning, and then we would have certain things we do during the day. And life just seemed very simple, very organized. And we had, uh, it was centered, I would say, around important things that we would do. So daily mass, praying, um, we would take our kids when it was warm, we would go for long bike rides, things like that, that we loved. And especially then we would save certain things like that for like Friday. So we'd ride our bikes pretty far out into the 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 heather, the haida, the they call it there, but the the Heather, it's it's very beautiful up in where we lived in northern 
Germany. So we would ride out there and then we would spend like the evening in a beer garden where they had like a special spot for kids that they were right by the tables. And you could watch them play with all these toys. Those are the best places. <laughs> and beer garden. Yes, you're absolutely right. That I think that little stretch that we had in our lives was was like the ideal that I always want to get back to that I'm always like, man, remember when it was like that, how fun that was and how much the children that we have now, the, the new ones, the Johnny come lately's that we have now, they never get something like that. They never get as much time as we gave the older ones because, because we're just so busy now. And I've, I've had to, I think, I don't know if hope said this hope's always full of so many great quotes, but somebody, I heard somebody saying, if, if you if you don't have any time at all, then pray and something. I, f- I forget how you said it, so maybe you can. Cur- how did you say it? I hope. Uh, so that was St. Francis de Sales. Pray half an hour every day, unless you're busy, in which case pray an hour. Yes, in which case pray an hour. So, uh, I I think I I think that there is really something like there really is something to that 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 it's it's much is or little as much in God's hands. And so it so we my wife and I we've talked about it quite often like what how should we do this? How should we how should we like create this time of respite that we can we can make some make some kind of uh make some kind of uh space for for what we're talking about here. I I would say at the moment we're not very good at it at all. I work I work around the clock. <laughs> no, I I understand. I mean, yes, I I mean we we're we're there too. <laughs> we definitely have much more uh, busy time than we have leisure time. And I think I, I I like that you brought that up though, uh, Jordan, because I think it's so many. This is the case with so many of our families, especially the ones that have both little ones, because we were in a sort of a similar situation when my husband was writing his dissertation and we were traveling and we had just the, you know, the, the two little ones before uh, our son came along and the, our youngest came along and he, um, you know, and sort of looking at that now that we're so busy, they're all teenagers. I have one off in college. Uh, we have a special needs uh, child, you know, um, sort of how to embrace that. And I think, you know, it's, it's, that's why I like this idea of embracing the fifth day, embracing any moment you can. And I think, uh, I think for so many of our families, it's it's um, it's okay to say that sometimes it doesn't have to always be that full day, but it could be like those moments in between portions of the day. It could be, um, you know, embracing that idea of uh, a siesta time, and that could be even just you guys making dinner together or eating together, or families doing, you know, perhaps it's you know uh, having those little moments together, and 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 it might even be that sometimes it moves toward like a Saturday or a Sunday where you say, okay, today we're going to go to mass and we're all going to make breakfast together and we're just going to have our quiet day, and that's okay too, you know, because we all have different sort of periods of our life that we go through. Um, but to be intentional, I guess, about knowing when, oh, this is time we're all together, we're doing something, even if it's even if it's just um, playing a board game, if we're like for today, you know, to nowadays, you know, or this past year, not many of us have been able to go out and such and, and finding something fun to do within the day. I remember one time when um, 
my two were younger. You know, it was it was springtime. Everyone was getting burnt out. It was one of these busy weeks where we just needed to have a, we still needed to have this extra school day just to get everything done. And so we're like, okay, well, we're going to do our work, but we're going to make it fun. And so this was always one of their favorite things. We did a, we did a theme day. <laughs> so they had kept asking us about, I grew up in the eighties and they kept asking us about, you know, we were making jokes about things that they have and things that we didn't have or how we would do things, how would we communicate? And so we lived an entire day and they did their schoolwork and they did everything, but we pretended it was the eighties. So you could only watch something on a VHS. We could only listen to 80s music. Um, they had to write everything out. I mean, unless it was something specific like online, you know, with a class or something, they could, there was no texting <laughs> going on. Nobody could use any sort of texting type device. You had to actually make phone calls and uh, the kids had to do all those different things. And and at night, that night, I remember we ended the day, I think we watched, you know, Goonies or something like that, a classic <laughs> movie from that time and and sort of embrace that idea. <laughs> so it's okay to work in moments that you're together as a family that also take in, you know, that you're you're still having to get there's some things that just have to happen, you know. I mean, like I said, I have a special needs son. There's things that he's just he requires to help in his care. So you you take the moments you can as you can get them and embrace them, I think. I think that's fantastic. And I'm laughing about the VHS. We got out our VHS player a, a month or so ago. Actually, it's probably been longer than that. We got it out recently to watch a movie. And it was this artifact. Like, what is this thing? <laughs> it was a fun little trip. But I love the, the theme day. And, it, and thinking back to our brick and mortar days, those would happen there too. And the kids would look forward to them with such anticipation. They would have read-ins or pajama day or whatever, you know, uh, that they would really look forward to and they would still they would still get work done that day but it would also definitely be distinctive from ordinary days and and having that to look forward to i think helped and motivate them in in ways we've talked about motivation before and that can be another great way of accomplishing that i think it's so much about mindset a lot of the time it helps how we look at things we can kind of shift shift our lens if you want to put it that way or reframe it or or whatever and if we choose to look at it in this way it makes it a lot more palatable than we got another day to get through or whatever. And and I think that's such a valuable lesson for everyone going forward, adults included. Yeah. I, I just want our families to see that it it's okay. Take not only not only is it okay to take that day off, it's important to have that time. It's important to to try and look for that time to embrace that uh that time where and, and yes, maybe it maybe you'll do some things that might be practically based during that time, but but it's okay to step back and say, all right, we didn't finish. Um, there's a few things we didn't finish this week. Um, we've gotten things that really need to be um, done and, and turned in. Those are, those are completed. Um, so it's okay to take a break. It's okay to take a step back and, and to do and to read a book that's not a school book or to, you know, take the time to go, um, you know, build something or go outside or just sit, just sit and talk, just sit and talk with each other and enjoy each other's company. That, that That's, it's okay. And it's not only okay, but it's, it's an important part of, of forming that whole person, which is, I mean, that's one of the things that really drew me to Colby when I was, you know, because I had I had been homeschooling my kids using um, 
sort of a classical method when they were younger. And I, I had slowly had discovered Colby and was using a lot of their, their literature programs and different things before um, we had sort of formally started using it full time. But I love that idea that, you know, that's what the classical education, liberal arts, and it's all based in the Ignatian method. It, it lends itself to this, to allowing yourself to have those moments and embrace it. And it's and it's OK to embrace it. Yeah, I really love what you're saying and, and what you mentioned before about this, even during the day, taking these moments that you can. And we we know this as adults. We're looking at this thinking, you know, it sounds refreshing even just talking about it. You know, it's like, wow, yes. And it's motivating. And so I hope this will be a real motivation for our listeners. And then also towards their children, because we have such high expectations often. And um, when I think back to I, I feel like I've had I had an amazing childhood. And one of the things that I realized when I was writing a memoir about the way I grew up, one of the main, I would say, maybe the central theme of the whole thing is um, how much private time I was given from the time I was very little. And that helped shape, it helped me discover a person which was myself, but it came in the context of all that private time that I had. That's amazing. I It's so funny you said that. I, I had a very similar experience being homeschooled. I remember mom setting us down because there was three of us that she was homeschooling. Then my older sister as well. And she would oftentimes just say, here's your work and go off and do it. And we'd get it done very quickly. Or sometimes we'd take a break before we got it done uh, and pick up that novel or the book. But having that quiet time to yourself, it, it does. It really allowed us, allowed me to grow as well. I think that's really good. And and I like you bringing that up about our, our students. You know, I have you know, a high schooler uh, in Colby as well. And it's something we discuss that we talk about, you know, are you making sure, because he, he makes his own schedule and time. I said, are, are we making sure to um, block in a time that's just quiet time for you, that you're just taking that break? Because I think, you know, he would go through spurts sometimes where he he wants, he's like, oh, I've got so much work to do. I have to get it done. I said, yes, but you have to take a break. You, you know that assignments due tomorrow take a couple hours, you know, let's sit down, let's do something together. Even if it's something as funny as watching a, you know, a show together, like a silly show or something that we're doing together as a family um, or even by himself, it doesn't have to be straight work, 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 work. Cause you know, he was finding, he was burning out on certain things. He was getting exhausted and he would, then he would be missing things. And, and since he's sort of started embracing that idea and I think, you know, it's it's very sort of similar, again, to, like we were talking about that idea of you work in the morning, then you have that siesta, and then you work again later on. You know, he, he takes that break, that mental break during the day and embraces it. And then he's got that time. And so now he finds that he gets a lot of schoolwork done during the school hours. He works for a little bit, and then he stops for a while. And then usually in the evening around eight o'clock or so, he'll do some other things. That's when he takes his time to do his reading and take his reading notes, do his Latin homework and such for his Latin teacher <laughs> or things of that nature. But um, he's sort of embraced taking that break and then going back to work a little bit before bed. And then, so it's been good for him. And, and the result is probably better quality, right? Rather than sort of augering in and finishing it. And well, I hope it's ourselves. better quality. I hope it's better quality. 
sometimes not always, but, but, uh, you know, but he is, yes, no, he works very hard, but it's also, it's been a better mental attitude for, I mean, for him personally, he feels like he's had that moment to rest. You know, one thing, uh, we've learned a lot about this, this year is, is mental health, right? And sometimes that mental health is, is taking moments to yourself. Like you said, Jordan, like having that, right. You having all that quiet time. I mean, it was how beneficial was that growing up? I still struggle with something similar to what you're describing with your son of feeling the weight of a work project or whatever that has to be done right now and feeling like, oh, I need to dig in deeper and push through and I can't rest until I get that done. And thankfully I have a friend from law school who will text back and forth and we'll try to do various grounding exercises that we've learned from mental health resources when that happens. And so when either one of us is spooling up on, I have to, I have to write this brief. I have to be done with this. The other one will write back and say, tell me five things that are in the room with you right now. And we go through, uh, that's our favorite one is the five, four, three, two, one exercise, five things you can see four you can touch three, you can hear two, you can smell and one you can taste, I think. Um, and taking that break to get grounded and more physically present is extremely helpful. I'm, it is difficult when you're feeling the weight of the assignment or the project or whatever, but that's the time that you need it the most. I think that's one of the most important lessons that we could impart, that we could learn for ourselves and, and help our children learn. And practicing those types of grounding exercises when it's not high stakes, then it sort of waters it in, as I like to say, so that it is more um, instinctual when you can see it coming, when you feel yourself spooling up or see one of your siblings or parents or children doing the same, you can kind of kick into those questions. And what's something you see in the room that starts with the letter A and go through the alphabet or not the whole alphabet or same thing with the senses or any, any number of those kind of exercises or learning how to work sustainably, managing the time so that it is not one solid block of work when you don't have any more to give, can't give what you don't have. So you're at the end of that. That's not sustainable. It's for very long. I think these are highly valuable lessons along with the coursework. This is going to lead really well into my homeroom class. <laughs> Y'all warmed up. <laughs> so, no, I mean, we talk about this a lot in homeroom, right? We About, you know, this is right at that point of the year. The kids are all getting very, very stressed about this project or that project. And, and it's not just time management. It's, you know, one thing I like to say is like they have to, you know, they show me their planners. They have their time management. I said, but how many times do you take that break and take that moment? Yeah, that's important to to almost, at least in the beginning, there's some value to scheduling that in. Like if you're working on your time management, you can even write that in among your other tasks for the day. Not that it's a task so much, but if it helps to look at it that way, at least to start building the habit. Sure, why not? Lens a great time to build habits. So, right. <laughs> One thing that I've been trying to implement for myself recently is, you know how you set margins on a page in Word or whatever, setting margins of the day of nothing before this time, nothing after this time to have those morning and evening routines. And um, that goes back again to the, just like music is a combination of sounds and rests. Anything we read is a combination of words printed 
on white space and the white space is as important as the words. And so I was going to say that you said it, but that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> white space. <laughs> I must've gotten it from you. <laughs> this has been so much fun and talking about this. It seems like we've, we've opened up so many different avenues that we could take with this embracing the fifth day. I mean, I like this topic a lot. I've been thinking a lot about since we first sort of started discussing those, the, what started as those February doldrums and, and spring fever. But I, I think, you know, we get so caught up in having to do everything just so that it's, that it's, it's okay for our families to know, no, it's, it's, it's okay. It's good. And it's actually, it's okay to take that step back. I mean, I even remember when my kids were little uh, in the first, you know, they were kindergarten and I was like, we have to do everything. And then I realized, oh, sometimes we don't have to do everything. Sometimes we can just say today is a reading. I mean, they're learning all the time. And so it's both directed and um, that, you know, sort of that very Montessori method, right, of that there's learning to be had in all different areas. And, and having that, those quiet moments, or that those other types of learning moments, it's, it's, it's okay if you didn't finish the entire book, you know, of, of, um, of a particular topic, you know, a particular workbook, because, you know, you, you're continuing to learn through it. You know, it's not just about the pages that you complete. It's, it's everything, the whole person. And that's why I like, you know, that classical look. It was instructive for me because I had never gone to class until college with being homeschooled all my life. And then going to law school, there are no classes on Fridays. That's when study sessions or guest speakers would be or things like that. But then I remember my first semester, we didn't finish the syllabus on one of our classes. And now this is like law school. This is intense professional doctorate level. And they're still, they're not finishing the syllabi. And there were a couple of professors who didn't even really publish much of a syllabi because they said, no, I just decide each week's readings based on what we get through. Mm -hmm. So on this week, we get this far. And so I project that we're going to be there and seeing that like Law schools are accredited by the ABA. They have all these p- bureaucracy requirements of the number of minutes you're in the class and all of these things like that. So as highly regimented and, and bureaucratic as it is, they're still, they're still not always finishing and, and things like that. And so, yeah, definitely. I was in California when, when, uh, when the semester started and I was like, I'll give you a syllabus when I get back. And no one has asked for it in any of my classes, so I've just not given them a syllabus. So <laughs> going with that. We'll see. That, no, and I think that is perfect. That's so. I mean, I think that goes really well with what we're talking about. That it's sometimes you just look at things and you have to assess. And I think for our families, yeah, it's it's okay to say we're going to take a break today. Sometimes it's even. I remember there was a few times where my mom would say, "It's really nice outside." we're not doing any school for a couple of days and we're just going to go do something else and just, and that, and it's okay. And you're right. You're right. I mean, they're completely re-energized. It's like um, in homeroom, what do we, we, we talk about that Pomodoro method, right? For you work and then you have to take a break and like walk around, do anything else, but work. And then you come back and work. And then, so we did that exercise and the kids found that as time went on, each section of work became much more effective because they became really good at getting that work done So, because they knew that leisure was coming, you know, that quiet. So 
we used to take Sundays instead of snow days. Like we were weirdly focused on the rare snow days that we got, but if the weather was pretty, we would just declare it a Sunday and and go out and enjoy it and not worry about the books. This is a lot of fun. Thanks so much for this great conversation, Therese. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Kolbe, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.